Hey, welcome to the Christmas and now the New Year's edition of More Than Bread. My name is Dan, and together we are making our way to the beginning of a new year. And like I said in the last episode, this is kind of a an in-between week for me. If there's a Super Bowl of church gatherings, it's probably Christmas Eve. I think we had over 1,700 people at our Christmas Eve services. For So for me, it's it's like a Christmas Eve and take a break. It's it's almost like the end of the year for me. And but but then we're also on our way to the New Year. So this week between Christmas and New Year's Day is is in between finishing and starting. If and if you've been listening episode by episode as they drop, then you know that we started a, a Christmas pause about twenty episodes or so ago. And and they get then to give myself a, a bit of a break at Christmas, I put in my Christmas Eve message. That was Christmas pause number sixteen. Follow the star. And then the last episode, Christmas pause number 17, was a little bit less of a dive into the Word and more of a conversation with Lynn and I, a Christmas Day message. And now we are giving John, I said we'd do this, giving John an opportunity to share his thoughts on the Christmas story. And and then I'll I'll give a, a good scripture or two to set up the new year, and then we're back to Paul's letters from prison. We'll, we'll finish up Philippians and then on to Colossians, which is an amazing book, especially amazing book about Jesus. And then we'll finish up with Philemon. So for Christmas, New Year's pause number 19 in the 222nd episode of More Than Bread, we're back one more time in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Listen as he shares his light in the darkness words from God. I'm reading from the New International Version. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Now, if you're listening to this for the very first time, you're probably not, but but my words. The Word here is Jesus. This is John talking about Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word, Jesus, was with God, and the Word, Jesus, was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and nothing with nothing, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. The word, Jesus, became flesh. And made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He's full of grace and truth. I I love that last comment, full of grace and truth. Too often we're full of one or the other, but not both. So at first glance, John's description of Christmas is kind of intellectual, philosophical, doesn't have all the sentimental feels of Luke's rendition. But in this episode, I want to suggest that John 1 is all about the connection between home and Christmas. We started to grasp that story 2,000 plus years ago, that we have a home, a family that is broader, bigger, more forever. When a baby named Jesus was born in a town named Bethlehem, Because, listen, the Christmas story is not just a philosophical or metaphorical story about how God became human. It's certainly not a sentimental story about the nobility of the human spirit. 
It is an historical story about how God became a particular person at a particular time for a particular purpose, to bring light to our darkness, to redeem our mess, to love us in all our brokenness, and to give us a family, and to give us a home. This is John's Christmas story theme stated so beautifully in verse 14. He writes, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and We've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. We hit this in the last episode, but it's worth another mention. If you have your Bibles open, underline or circle those words, made his home among us, dwelt among us. The Greek word is eskenosin, and it literally means he pitched his tent in our midst. He tabernacled with us. He, he wanted to make sure there were no walls between us and God. In the beginning, the word was God. In the beginning, the Word was with God, and He was home. But He left home to do a deep dive into our mess with His glory. He's relentlessly pursuing us to give us a home. Let let me tell you a home for for Christmas story about a man named Russell Love. I love this story. The odds were probably one in eight million, but Beverly Elliott thought she had to take a chance. Her only son, Russell Love, at the time was 27 years old was homeless somewhere in Los Angeles County. She hadn't heard from him in two years, hadn't seen him in four. She tried everything. Her last hope was to run a personal ad in the LA Times. It ran for 12 days, one October, and it read, Russell Love from Houston, or anyone knowing where he lives, please call his mother Collect. And it left the number. Russell, your mother will never forget you, the ad concluded. She loves you. Meanwhile, Ralph Campbell had spent 25 years living on the street and had more than a few regrets about leaving home. 18 years earlier, his mother tried to get a hold of him when his dad was dying. He didn't find out for two and a half years. So the ad stuck in his mind, a mother trying to find her son, Russell. A few nights later, Campbell had some extra sandwiches and offered one to a friend who turned to another guy and said, Russ, you want a sandwich? Later that week, Ralph called the newspaper and they went on a search for Russell Love. They found him sleeping behind some shipping containers in a a back lot. Are you Russell Love? Yes, the thin young man quietly responded. Your mom's trying to find you. Would you like a copy of the ad? Yes. Clutching it tightly, he walked away. Russell called home on Friday and twice more that weekend. His mother told him how much she missed him and said she'd send him money. She hoped he would use it for plane tickets home. She wanted him home for Christmas. (laughs) Home for Christmas. And what could be more important? And, And yet more up for grabs, right? I mean, some of us are stuck at home. Some of us are missing home. For some of us, home is not what it used to be. And we wish we could do a massive reset. What is it that we experience? Why is it that we experience such a deep longing for home, especially at at Christmas? Why does that longing go so deep? You you may not know this, but that Christmas classic, I'll be home for Christmas, you can count on me, I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. That song was recorded by Bing Crosby in 1943, specifically for soldiers who would not be home for Christmas. What is it about home? For Christmas. Is it all about the place? Our kids grew up on Smithfield Street in State College. We sold that house a a number of years ago. The home I grew up in, well, I'll just say Google burning home family photo. That's my childhood home. Is home a place? 
You know, if home was a place, pretty much everyone that first Christmas was away from home, right? John's rendition of the Christmas story in John 1 calls Christ the Word. In the beginning, the Word was with God. Everything that's created was created by the Word. And then the Word left home and entered into the world that he created. In John 1.14, John writes, So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus was away from home. Man, he got first prize for longest distance from home. Mary and Joseph were away from home. In Luke chapter 2, we're reminded of the census decreed by Caesar Augustus. It says in verses 3 through 5, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth and took with him Mary, who was now expecting a child. Depending on the route, Nazareth was about 100 miles from Bethlehem, a difficult six to 10 day journey through wilderness and mountains. Mary and Joseph were away from home. In fact, it wouldn't be long that they'd be refugees in Egypt, years and years away from home. Shepherds weren't home for Christmas. In Luke 2 8, don't miss this detail. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, <laughs> keeping watch over their flocks at night. If you were a shepherd, the sheep were your life. When you were on duty, you lived in the field with the sheep. How about the wise men? Were they home? Nope. You know the song. We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We travel afar. No one was home for Christmas that first Christmas. And yet there is something about Christmas that deepens or maybe even awakens. I don't know, a longing for home. I don't think that just comes from years of Hallmark movies and sentimental Christmas songs. I think there's truly something God designed in Christmas and the Christmas story that awakens our hearts for home. I mean, there's just something glorious about Christmas, profoundly moving, something that awakens a longing that that is, I think, very simply the rumor of another world, something yet to come, something like but more than what we now know. Sometimes we call it heaven. But it's more than heaven because it's more than a place, and that is so often how we think of heaven as a place. But in Revelation 21, John records a home for Christmas vision when he writes, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a beautiful bride prepared for her husband. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, the home, (laughs) the tent of God is now among his people. He will live with them. It's that Greek word again, eskenosin. He will dwell with them. He'll pitch his tent in their midst and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and he'll remove all their sorrows. There'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain for the old world and its evils are gone forever. God with us forever. It's part of his family. I'm telling you, this is what our hearts long for. When you long to be home for Christmas, when you long for a family dinner with no one storming away in anger, when you long for a family, someone to love who will love you back. This is where your heart goes even when you don't know where it's going. (laughs) Fifteen different men called Beverly Elliott about her ad. Three of them called from prison. You sound like a nice lady, one said. I'll look for your son here. If I find him, can I come live with you when I get out? Russell finally called his mother on a Friday. By the following Monday night, he'd called twice more. The first time he called, she said, I I told him that no matter what was the cause, he didn't have a reason to stay away. Family sticks together. She told him she missed him, that his sisters missed him. 
that they all wanted him to come home for Christmas. I remember a few years ago, as I worked on the memorial service of of our friend, a friend of our family, Delma, I was I was reminded of a time when my daughter Katie, who was about five years old, ran away from home. She she asked Delma if she could do something, and Delma said that she would have to call and ask her mother. So she called Lynn, and Lynn said no. That didn't go over too well. Later that day, Delma found a note from Katie. Dear family, I have run away from home. Love, Katie Nold. <laughs> it took us a while to find her. Delma called. Lynn and I both came home. We found her a f- few blocks away. She had her backpack. That was it. Backpack filled with candy bars. No clothes, just candy bars. Man, God has so much more in store for us than sleeping behind shipping containers and backpacks filled with candy bars. He has so much more than getting our own way. He's got a family in store for us. Christmas started when Jesus left home. Jesus left home to give us a family. I love how Paul describes Christmas in Ephesians 1, 3 through 5, and I especially appreciate the way it's written in the Living Bible. Imagine this, Paul. Paul says, Long ago, before God made the world, God chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. He decided then to make us holy in his eyes. Without a single fault, we stand before him covered in his love. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And he did this because he wanted to. I love that. That's the Christmas story. That's the source of your Christmas longing. If you know Christ and have received the gift he has to give of life, you you have a family. You you have a family and you're covered in the Father's love. And, And you know what? We were created for family, you and I both. I think if you had to sum up in a single word what God is up to in the world, it's family. God's goal is deeper than just loneliness avoidance or social networking or getting us into heaven. He's creating a family. And that's the reason why the universe exists, why we exist, is what our souls long for. Perhaps at no other single time of the year do we experience this longing for us any more than we do at Christmas. Home for the holidays, that's our mantra, right? few things worse than being alone on Christmas. Some of you this weekend, you, some of you this, this uh, as you listen to this episode, you've been blessed by a, a great family, perhaps even a great Christian family. You, you can't wait to be home for Christmas. But do you hear what Paul is saying? He's saying that you don't need to go home to be with family. If you're a follower of Jesus, our identity is family. Our us is church. Church is family. God is our father. He's a father who speaks encouragement, who disciplines in love, who cheers loudest at our games and loves to spend time with us. That's who he is. He's our father. And we're his kids. And we rebelled. We turned our backs on our father. We ran from his goodness. So Jesus, our big brother, came to save us because dad didn't want our place at the table to be empty. In fact, that's the essence of John's Christmas story in in John 1, verses 11 and 12. It says, Jesus came to his own, but his own would not receive him. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Christmas is the story of our adoption into the family of God. Through Jesus, we're adopted into the family of God. This is why Christians love foster care and adoption, because it's our story, the good news that God adopts us and brings us into his family, the church. Jesus came to put the us back in Christmas. 
<laughs> I love the story of the elderly man. He lives in Phoenix and he's he's on the phone with his son in New York City. He says, I hate to ruin your day, son, but I just called to tell you that your mother and I are divorcing. 45 years of misery is enough. Enough. Pop, son says, what are you, what are you talking about? We can't stand the sight of each other any longer, the old man says. We're sick of each other. I'm sick of talking about this, so you can call your sister in Chicago, and you can tell her. Frantic, the son calls his sister who explodes on the phone like, heck, they're getting divorced, she shouts. I'll take care of this. She calls Phoenix immediately, tells her father in no uncertain terms, you are not getting divorced. Don't do a single thing till I get there. My brother and I will both be there tomorrow. Until then, do nothing. The old man hangs up the phone, turns to his wife, says, okay, they're coming home for Christmas and we don't even have to pay for the tickets. <laughs> what is Christmas really all about? Man, it's about family. It's about family. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for each and every person, especially right now, that person who feels lonely, who feels alone, who feels isolated, who feels like they have nobody who will love them back when they love them in return. God, I, I pray that by your spirit, as they dive into your word, as they dive into your son, that they'll be reminded, God, that your spirit would whisper to their spirit that they are your kids, that you've adopted them into your family. Now, that's why Jesus came. That's why he came at Christmas. That's why he went to the cross at Easter. That's why he rose again on resurrection morning so that we would have a gotcha day, so that we could be adopted into the family, so that we would have a, a seat at the table. God, thank you for giving us a seat at the table. Thank you that each and every person listening to my voice, if they believe in Jesus, they have a seat at the table. And if they don't believe in Jesus, it's so easy. Let now be the now be the be the time when they say, Jesus, I believe in you. I accept you. I accept your gift on the cross. I I accept what you did for me at Christmas and Easter and everything in between. Would you come and be my savior? I want to be a part of your family. God, thank you for making us a family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.